Reconvened in the studio, and uh, Mayor Lisa Baldelli Hunt has joined us. So uh, I think it's only uh, fitting, polite, and proper to uh, say hello to her first. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning, Roger. How are you today? Excellent. And uh, you have. Um, I brought the abominable snowman. Yes. <laughs> Mr. D'Agostino. Hello, sir. Hi. Good morning. How are you? Good. Uh, since uh, the newscast that we started uh, let off with the uh, storm uh, coming up, uh, maybe we can lead off with you, Mr. D'Agostino, before we get to uh, other matters and um, look at uh, the city's preparation for the storm. Maybe you can, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, put it into perspective so that we know what a real bad storm is like and we also know what a, a touch of snow is all about. So where is this one going? You're on. Well, good morning, everyone, and uh, I'm the mayor's warm-up act here. So, <laughs> but anyway, uh, in re- as it relates to the storm, I would I would put this right now at about an eight um, on a scale of one to ten. Ten being the blizzard that we already had, so this is turning out to be um, quite the the winter. You know, it started uh, with a lull, but uh, I guess it's going to finish uh, strong. So, but uh, we're looking at pro- possibly six to ten inches of the um, wet snow, not the light snow that we come accustomed to, because we had r- very cold temperatures. But this is going to be like mid thirties. Um, it's going to be um, wet in nature, which is not good for the equipment or people shoveling or whatever. But uh, and it's going to be around the rush hour time on Friday morning, which is not good as well. So uh, in preparation for that, we have a a parking ban that uh, will be in effect beginning tomorrow evening, 9 p.m. And that's until further notice till we can clean this um, situation up. And uh, we're going to do what we always do. We're going to make sure we have enough material, enough staff, enough trucks, enough vendors. And uh, we just uh, get ready. That's what we do here. And uh, we try to put the best, um, you know, face on it for the uh, taxpayers and um, the public safety. Mr. D'Agostino, you say the the parking ban goes into effect, but when do you go into effect? Because I know you do the streets, so uh, you put that yeah. liquid on. And so when did that start or did it start? Well, well no, it will start as soon as the streets dry up today. Um, we're going to start putting brine down in anticipation of the storm. So um, we can't put it down when the streets are, are wet. So we're going to wait. And uh, if that's late this afternoon, so be it. And we'll do it through tomorrow uh, in anticipation of the storm. How's the equipment held up uh, this winter? Um, not bad. Not bad. Uh, you know, it, thank God that we have uh, a mayor and a council that is, um, you know, they've, they've been so cooperative over the years. That's really why I stay here, really, um, because, you know, they've, they've always uh, made, you know, these commitments to purchasing, um, updating our fleet. And, uh, but the equipment's holding up, and we just purchased, as you know, two large trucks, sanders, and plows because the supply chain is broken. And um, they're probably a year or more out and we have two new pickups and a small dump truck on order as well, which I'm expecting any time to replace some of this antiquated equipment that's been here since um, 
early 2000. So, but overall, not bad through the winter. We have good mechanics and we have <clears throat> great personnel that is very conscientious and, uh, you know, they make sure that they, uh, they don't damage the equipment. So, yeah. Thank you. Mayor, it's time to uh, direct our questions to you. First of all, do you have any uh, announcements or anything you want to talk about before I get to my long list of topics here? I know you'd like to go to that long list of topics, so we'll just go straight to the topics, but I just want to say good morning to everyone first. Okay. First topic is uh, the uh, latest topic, and of course, yesterday the governor announced his uh, his plans for re-election, and you were not um, shy about uh, supporting him uh, in any way, uh, we uh, counted eight mayors and town administrators <coughs> who are supporting them, and among them, you. So, um, what's, uh, what's this all about? Uh, do you have a good friendship with uh, McKee, and uh, has he been friendly to the city of Woonsocket? Why are you supporting him? Well, I'm supporting Dan because, for, first of all, he is, he is a friend to the city of Woonsocket. He understands the struggles that we've gone through over the years. Uh, I, I, I recognize, I think you recognize too, um, Steve and I recognize working together each day. You don't always agree on everything. Uh, everyone has their own opinions and point of views and reasonings for doing things that they do. So there may be some things that the governor does that I don't maybe necessarily agree with. But overall, this is a person who was a mayor, understands what it's like to lead a community, understands the 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 trials, the tribulations, the, the needs, um, the fact that it's important to not have uh, others meddling in local government and uh, allowing mayors and town administrators to do their job. Uh, so he has the experience of being a mayor and bringing that to uh, the governor's seat. I also admire the fact that we, we were in this pandemic which was unprecedented. We all know that. Our, our entire worlds were jolted, turned upside down. Uh, we, we couldn't do anything uh, the way we did in our normal lives for a very long time. And the, the former governor uh, accepted the offer in Washington, and, and I understand that, and that's important too. And she was doing a good job. But he came in in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a crisis, really. And I think he really did a fantastic job. Uh, you would think that that was the only thing he had to do uh, during these last 51 months since he's been uh, the governor. But he still had all the other tasks and duties of being the governor. So the, the fact that he understands uh, what it's like to be in the seat that I'm in and 38 other people are in, and he understands the need to listen to what our needs are. Hence, you're supporting him. I am. And voting for him. I am. Let's uh, spend uh, a little happy talk uh, for a few moments, so, uh, because I think a couple of uh, business owners were pretty happy yesterday getting a visit from the governor, yourself, uh, Commerce Secretary Stephen Pryor, and uh, the uh, what I'd call McKee contingency, <laughs> because there was quite a bunch. But anyway, Park Square, Flores, uh, Roy Warhol, and also... Um, the Honey Shop got visits by uh, the governor and yourself, um, uh, Kathy and Paul over at the Honey Shop. And these are two, I mean, truly Woonsocket-owned uh, businesses. And um, there was a governor, and he bought a whole bunch of stuff over there, too, huh? 
<laughs> he did. He did. And uh, actually, he wasn't the only one. Uh, some of the other folks that were with the governor purchased some items. I think they were really impressed with what they saw in both of those stores. Uh, sometimes, as a resident of a community, you tend to forget uh, what you have right in your own backyard, so to speak. And the fact that we have these two stores, one being more particularly unique, one being... Uh, you know, a very long-standing 41 years. Roy has been in business. Beautiful arrangements, extremely talented, artistic, and other offerings within that store. And then the uniqueness of the honey shop. And I know myself, I get in my car, sometimes I take the same path all the time. <coughs> and you don't go by stores like this if you happen to not be someone who likes to take Park Avenue. But it, it's a great place to stop. It's not just honey and it's not just flowers. Uh, there's more there to offer, and I agree with you. They were extremely happy to see the governor and, and the Secretary of Commerce. Uh, so I could go into the commercial. Um, for those uh, who don't know what the honey shop does, uh, they uh, got a new customer yesterday, and that's Stephen Pryor, Director of Commerce. Because Mr. Pryor was immediately attracted to what we call the low-carbohydrate, no-sugar, keto area of the store. And I said to uh, Mr. Pryor, are you on the keto diet, if I might? Uh, yes, I am. And he said, I've never seen such a selection of keto stuff. He bought about 100 bucks worth of, <laughs> of, of stuff because he'd never seen it before. And when we get to uh, the commercial, I'll, uh, I'll mention, uh, uh, Stefan helped me write the commercial. <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, yes, you're right. It, it's different. All right. So um, the governor supports small business. You do. We uh, got a chance to visit a couple of them yesterday. And. We're glad we did that. Yes, we are. Tell other topics. I want to talk about the comprehensive plan for a second. Uh, there was a news release out of your office uh, in January about it. And it says here, uh, because the comprehensive plan is written by the community, comma, the city is using a variety of tools to reach out. Could you um, give me what you think the definition is of a comprehensive plan? Is it something that we're forced to do? Is it a useful tool, or is it just some uh, bureaucratic exercise? Okay. <laughs> well, first of all... Did you like that uh, question, Steve? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I'm glad are, it was directed was to well her. Crafted. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. We are mandated to do it. And it is... Uh, what it is, It's if you think about your own home, it's basically formulating a plan of what you'd like to see happen, what you may not like to see happen, uh, what direction you want to travel in, how you want to get there, and over a 10-year period. Uh, so you may decide that uh, the plan that you put together is something that is something you want to stick with and stay on target with. And then there are sometimes uh, things change over the years and you may look to amend that like you do in your own home. So it's getting an understanding of the direction that the community is looking to go in. Mayor, there is a comprehensive plan every 10 years. Mm -hmm. I have a, like a straight question to ask of you. Uh, do you know where to find the last comprehensive plan? Is it in your office and have you ever looked at it? Uh, if, if I want to actually, I have so much in my office, Roger. <laughs> um, if I want to look at the comprehensive plan, um, I... I tend to be someone who likes to look at something. Like, I don't like to read the newspaper online. Mm -hmm. 
I like a, the newspaper in my hand. Uh, so I would look at a hard copy of the newspaper. I mean, of the comprehensive plan. But have you looked at it? Uh, uh, I, don't, I don't look at the whole thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but when we're looking to do something, we refer to the comprehensive plan. Uh, maybe another way of uh, asking this question, and we'll get away from the comprehensive plan, is that if there wasn't a requirement to do it, uh, would you still have a, a, a plan in your head anyway as to where, where you wanted to go? Uh, I, well, I have a plan. I, I think you know I have plans. Uh, we've shown that over the last eight years. But the comprehensive plan, and I'm not sure if this is why it's done, but uh, well, one of the reasons why it's done, but if it's done every 10 years, generally speaking, within a 10-year period, swinging one way or the other, um, there'd be a different leader within the community. Um, maybe not. Maybe so. But uh, looking at what was in place so they know what direction the city was looking to go in. Because especially nowadays, Roger, you may get someone one day who is not fiscally uh, prudent, who is not a fiscal conservative, who is not concerned about the tax rate, who mm -hmm. wants to tax and spend. Uh, who wants to give more and, you know, get more from others. So the comprehensive plan, in a sense, um, I think you could say that that plan a little bit kind of holds your feet to the fire because of the state law. I didn't know that there were people out there like that. But yeah, I guess they've they been are. surfacing right. more and more. More and more. And it's not, and no one in this room. Uh, the other day, uh, the Mardi Gras had its coronation and at Savini. So I was there. Sitting down, uh, behaving myself. Somebody walked up to me. She said, um, you having the mayor on on uh, Wednesday of this week? And I said, well, we plan on it. We'll give her a call, see if she can make it. So you made it. Here's the question. She said, she said, when I was a little girl, I would go to Brennan Park. That park was loaded with people uh, skating, you know, in the wintertime. She said, would you share with the mayor that, in my opinion, as a Woonsocket resident, uh, that um, the ethnic... Uh, composition of the community has changed and um, little girls like me back then who love skating um, little girls today in this area because of uh, different uh, compositions of uh, culture probably are not as interested in that activity uh, as they would be in their their phones and so forth I guess the question then boils down to is there as much of an interest in this kind of activity uh, today in 2022, uh, as there would be in, uh, let's say, 40 years ago, uh, status of the skating rink, please. Well, the, the skating rink, uh, as long as it's been cold, not on a day like today, but the skating rink at Burnham Park uh, has been um, functional mm -hmm. this year. And uh, the workers from within Steve's department have worked on the ice rink. And I actually got a message, an email uh, from someone you know and most of the listeners know. His name is Dan Peliquin. And he said that uh, he lives in that area. He's been there for a very long time. He does. And he said he really enjoyed, uh, enjoyed, enjoys looking out his window and seeing folks skating on the ice rink that it brought back memories of his times when he was young. Um, and then gave a suggestion as to something that he uh, thought could be nice to add to the ice rink. So I think, um, I will tell you this. We've found that during the Olympics, 
there's always an uptick in interest in skating. Uh, sometimes if you have something, um, it's utilized, and if it's not there, then it's not utilized. So I don't know. I'm not. I'm not positive about that, Roger. All right, uh, a good question, and uh, and they're not skates right. aren't cheap, right? right. So. <laughs> so she wanted me to ask, and I uh, I asked. So there's a there's a there's a difference of opinion, I think, on the ice rink. Yes, there is. This is the upfront program. We're chatting with the mayor. Steve D'Agostino is also in the studio uh, with us. And um, the next topic uh, that uh, I want to bring out um, has to do with um, Cinegro. And first of all, Mr. D'Agostino, thank you for um, accessing uh, the talk show the other day because I, I think the conversation was going in the wrong direction in terms of using American Rescue Fund money uh, to buy. <laughs> I think there was a suggestion. Why don't we just buy out Cinegro, shut them down, and everything is going to be fine and dandy? And your answer was um, yeah. was uh, was very interesting. I was wondering if you could condense that answer in case people missed it, saying right. Cinegro is going to be with us, and there are no easy answers. There, there are no easy answers, and let me just sh shed some light on that if I can, because I, and you know, I'm not being you know, a, a big shot condescending, but I know a little more than most because I see the documents. And uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, I got a little update on what it would cost one socket. Um, and I'm not sure who brought this up. It Was it Mr. Manseri or someone brought it up on Mr. Poitras's show? But anyway, um, not a good idea. Yesterday, I, it just... These are 2020 numbers now. If we exported our sludge from that facility currently, it would cost us about $5 million, okay? A year. A year. And not to mention the $1.1 million that we received in compensation from them. So add that up, okay? That's 6.1, sir. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So, not to mention, you have a 20-year contract that was agreed to before we got here, okay? That, those are never easy to do away with. And I've said this, I've said this at least a hundred times. I've been at that plant, sometimes I'm there twice a day, okay? Or more. The problem, the, 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 the problem with that facility is not the facility. It's not our facility, the wastewater treatment plant. It's the trucks. And I don't know if there's an easy remedy to, for trucks, for trucking, because there are no laws, okay? And many open containers come to that facility carrying you know what. And it's not pleasant. And there are not many of those facilities. I think the closest one to us is upstate New York. And then from there, Pennsylvania. So these, these facilities are rare. And this would be astronomical cost. Now, do we want to resolve that issue there? Of course we do. And I'm going to have a workshop soon with the council and the mayor. And I have some ideas as to curtail that problem um, with the trucking, you know, or try to make it better. But uh, you've been here for how long, Roger? Here? Uh, so I moved back to Winsocket in 1983. Right. And how long have you been talking about that facility? <laughs> Indefinitely. Indefinitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, you know, it's, so it's obviously, yeah. you know, if it was an easy situation to resolve, you know, it would, it would have been resolved by now. 
but it's so it's not. And you know, and then I want to just touch, if I can. And the mayor's here; she knows, and I'm sure this council member's listening. You have thirty-six million dollars. You don't have three hundred and sixty million dollars. Mm-hmm. You have thirty-six. We just spent sixty on a on a new water treatment plant. Um, that thirty-six million dollars doesn't go very far. When you start talking about the, the kind of things the mayor brought up before, public safety complex, aging city hall, infrastructure issues. Uh, you know, I said before the council meeting, and I'll say it again, I could spend the entire amount without blinking an eye. But being prudent, as she is in the council, they're going to, uh, uh, I'm sure they're going to come up with the best ways to spend that money. But it's not a lot of money. It's just not a lot of money. So, uh stop suggesting that it is because it isn't when you have a city this size you drive around this city is it perfect no but pretty close to it uh, yeah okay well, especially with the mayor here <laughs> thank you ah, yeah. okay well i'm gonna tell you from where i'm sitting it's not perfect oh, oh okay right. not even close mm-hmm. to where we're working on perfection but to, it's been to, very messy to my standards <laughs> okay uh, you want to talk about perfect, go to Disney mm-hmm. in Florida or something. That's perfect. Okay. Okay? So. Uh, that's why they call it fantasy land. That's right. All right. When we come back from our short break, uh, uh, I don't know if this is a tough question for either one of you, but it uh, came in the other day. It's, it, it deserves a short answer. It's not the most uh, 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 important thing in the world. But somebody wanted to know, as a council appointed uh, the tree warden the other night, what a tree warden does in the city of Woonsocket, and um, uh, we'll be back with that answer and the answer to many other serious questions in a moment. Honey Shop is where we were yesterday, and that's what we want to talk about today. As um, as Lisa said, the, uh, the Honey Shop uh, does sell honey, and that was the first question from the governor. So, uh, you sell honey? Yeah, they do, and a million other things, too. Uh, they have gourmet foods, uh, health foods, natural remedies. They are a local food manufacturer. They conduct workshop and classes. They organize hikes and nature excursions. And they also have the keto shop. And, and what does that mean? There are some people who believe that if they count, if they uh, eliminate sugar in their diet and then they eliminate carbohydrates like uh, bread and, and pasta and uh, the carbohydrate uh, carriers, they will uh, be healthier, uh, control diabetes, and lose weight. Anyway, the Honey Shop has a keto shop where they have uh, Choco Zero products uh, like chocolate syrup, no sugar, maple syrup, no sugar, caramel syrup, no sugar. They also have um, pancake and waffle uh, baking mixes, dark chocolate pudding mixes. All these, all these mixes create like pancake pancakes, but the carbohydrates. Uh, is well, for instance, like a pancake is about 26% carbohydrates, and a keto pancake is about three per, three uh, carbohydrates um, per uh, serving. 26 to three is a big, big difference. Anyway, look over the keto products as Stephen um, Pryor from Fruit Island Commerce did yesterday when he was at the store. He practically emptied the shelves. Uh, and if you're on a keto diet or a low carb diet or a 
or a low sugar diet, then this is the place to visit and they have a nice display of things. Okay, now Champs Liquors. Champs Liquors for Keyway. 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket, still featuring Flip Flop Wines. A California winery that has crafted a variety of wines that are fun, fruit flavored, with amazing taste. Listen to what we have. Two bottles of Flip Flop Wine for $10, including Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pink Moscato, Regular Moscato, Chardonnay, and Pinot Grigio. Again, two bottles for $10, mix and match. And our newest wine edition comes from Italy. Check out the Stella Rosa Collection. It's a semi-sweet wine offered in a variety of tastes, including peach, blackberry, blueberry, watermelon, and green apple, to mention a few, and affordably priced at $11.99 or $12.99. Goes well with a wide range of appetizers, entrees, and desserts. And yes, we continue the best price in town on Bud or Bud Light, 30-pack, $26.47 plus tax. We're open daily. 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. For a great selection of beer and wine and spirits, you can count on Champs Liquors, 481 Clinton Street. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, back to the question. Who and what does the tree warden do? Mr. D'Agostino, we'll begin with you. Oh, Okay, well, I'll leave the technical stuff to him. Mayor, I'll, I'll, we'll begin with okay, you. Okay, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you. See how I can switch gears? <laughs> so, so here's where sometimes we disagree on things, but not disagree on the fact that we need a tree warden. Um, I think a tree warden is important because when you have trees in the city, which we have more trees than most urban communities do, it's important to keep them trimmed and healthy, and if you just let them grow wild, it's not good, obviously, for many reasons. Uh, but in particular, when you see trees like down Hamlet Avenue and things such as that, um, and I say, or I would say to the director or, or Mike DeBroyce, uh, can you get the tree warden so we can get those shaped so they look like lollipops? Because I think the trees need to be trimmed, they need to be um, neat, they need to be tidy. And, of course, sometimes you have fallen trees that need attention. They're not completely uh, fallen. But uh, so, and we deal with a lot of trees that happen to be planted under wires, which is not a wise thing to do. Um, so we, we deal with that, too. But um, I enjoy having trees throughout the city, and I think it's important for them to stay um, manicured. So does the tree warden handle uh, right. making sure that trees don't? So that was, a hazard? A, that was the politically correct answer. So I'll give you the politically incorrect answer. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm the leaving. single dumbest thing you can do in any city is plant a tree in a sidewalk. Mm -hmm. Okay? I oppose that. Uh, you know, that goes up my spine. Mm -hmm. Especially an oak and a maple tree. Because you know what happens to the sidewalk in a few years. Have you seen that? Yes, I have. Okay. Yes, I, so I live on one of those streets. What would be the necessity to do that? You have to plant the proper tree. Yeah. And we had some trees in the past that were planted. A lot of them decades and decades and decades ago because you see the size of but them. But anyway, the tree warden, what the, 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 here's the function of tree warden. You can apply for grant money, okay? And officially, um, he can determine whether a tree should come down or not come down or whatever. Um, can you mandate that? 
uh, or you just suggest it. You can suggest it. Uh-huh. You know, unless it's a unless it's it's, it's a you know a hazard to public safety where someone would be killed as a result of or maimed because of that tree. So, but uh, that's basically the function of a tree warden. I mean, you should have one, and um, you know, and we've got one, and we've got one. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and but, just reappointed the other day. Exactly. You know, and he does a great job for us. By the way, he's been here a while. Um, but uh, so that's that's the answer. Thank you, Mr. D'Agostino. Moving on to other matters, we have some callers. And um, I did want to recognize an email that was sent to the program yesterday when Mr. Gillette was here. And uh, I didn't acknowledge it. I didn't see it. And I left it for you, Mayor. And um, I think it's relevant to, uh, to you anyway. The emailer said, what is the status of the Hokong restaurant on Cumberland Hill Road? Um, is it uh, still for sale? Could the city buy it? What's the story? Hokong. Hokong is privately owned, and um, I feel that it would be a good um, purchase for the city. Uh, I met with the council. The council, uh, a good portion of the council agree with that. It's a good entrance into our park, Cass Park, and uh, we have had conversation with the owner, and uh, that's where we're at. We don't own it yet. They still own it, but we'd like to. All right, we're going to grab some calls. So uh, that calls for earphones here in the studio. And uh, I'm going to say testing one, two, three. And if uh, that works, Mr. D'Agostino, can you hear me testing one, two, three? Uh, Not really, no. Probably not. All right. Yeah. All right. But can you hear me, Mayor, testing one, two, three? Yes, I moved my number one volume up over here. Maybe you can turn um, one of his volume controls up there. We have a very... uh, Overly, unnecessarily complex uh, situation yeah, here I in think the studio. Good. Okay. Yeah. We're in business. Let's press some buttons and say hello. What's your question for the mayor? Good morning, panel. Good morning. Uh, I was at the Dion track with two friends this week. Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful day, and the stench was unbearable. Yeah. There were quite a few people on the track, mm-hmm. and because it had been a while since my friends and I had walked, some of us could not keep going while others wanted to. Yes. And the last time I had been at the park, there were at least two picnic tables near the entrance and a short one on the left side. Those were all gone. So the friends who could not keep up with us had no place to sit. Okay. So I said, well, if worse comes to worse, go sit in the bathroom. Wouldn't you know it? The bathrooms were locked. Please comment. All right. Thank you for your call. Yes, so I'll be be happy to comment. I just just addressed the stench problem. It's a trucking problem. Um, And, you know, we don't have control of the trucks, all the trucks that come in there. Um, I wish it were that easy. Second, the picnic tables are removed for the winter. Third, the bathrooms are locked because we have a homeless problem. And um, we've, more, on more than one occasion, found homeless uh, people in the bathrooms. So I think that's all three um, okay. questions. We'll move on. Hello. Uh, do you have a comment or something? Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, so the tree warden thing kind of intrigued me. Um, 
I heard in, from an official, not in Woonsocket, that um, trees in general can control an amazing amount of runoff uh, water. It, it kind of blew my mind. I forget the exact number, but I was like, oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah, you know, on private property, people's lawns, stuff like that. Um, now, in the city of Woonsocket, um, does the tree warden ever look at runoff and where trees can be planted strategically? You know, I think, you know, it's easy to look at trees that are a problem and kind of take them down if they're near wires, stuff like that. But I actually look at it as a way to control uh, rain runoff. and You know, it protects town property, protects mm-hmm. more runoff from, you know, going into Blackstone. Right. Is that something that they would look at or the town would look at as a potential strategy? Have we looked at it in the past? And if we haven't, would we look at it? Mostly on town property. I'm thinking town property where we may I have can, runoff. I can answer part of that. Bro. Okay, we're going to go to that uh question right now is the question of runoff and then runoff as it relates to trees. Go ahead, Mayor. Right. So, yes, uh, I'm not saying that the tree warden does, but our engineering department does, our engineer does, our planning department does, um, the city planner. Uh, Those are all things that are taken into consideration, especially under construction, uh, new construction, renovation. So those are all things that uh, we actually have no choice. We, We have to do that. We work with DEM. Certain th- issues we work with other agencies, but yes, that's definitely something that we do, and actually we're doing that um, in the area of downtown um, right now also. Any comment on runoff? I see it going down the drain, as they say, all the time. I'm just happy that it runs off. And so ends up in the Blackstone, nice yep. and clean. Yep. One more. Uh, Question from the audience, and we'll uh, hit uh, private property uh, projects. Hello. How are you there? Good yes. morning. Hi. Um, I'm interested in the um, in the trades, and one socket I'm thinking on Main Street could uh, become a flourishing center for uh, residents, particularly youth, that could get into the trades. And I know that we have... Um, I believe it's Citizens Bank is is trying to um, allocate some area for training on Main Street. But I'm particularly interested in um, getting our youth into plumbing, pipe fitting, electrical construction, perhaps welding. Um, And I'm wondering if we can use any of our community spaces to perhaps um, build a site where these trades could be... It's almost like a call from heaven for you, Mayor, because, I mean, is this right down the line of what you were talking about yesterday? Caller, I I think we have the answer for you. Okay? Mayor? Okay, so I I agree with her. Um, There is a shortage of folks in the trades. Uh, We all have our favorite plumber, carpenter, electrician, uh, welder, whatever the case may be. All over 60. Exactly. Right. And we absolutely need to lead some of our youth into the trades. In particular, and I've I've said this before, I said it to the former uh, principal of Woonsocket High School year after year after year. It fell on deaf ear. um, And it was this. Every year we have two, three hundred students who are graduating from Woonsocket High School. And they know who is going into the service, who's going into a two-year college, who's going into a four-year college, who's going into the trades. My question is always this. 
who is taking their diploma today and going home and they have no plan for tomorrow. And those are the youth that we should be reaching out to and leading them in a direction so they understand that you need to get up and you need to go to work tomorrow because you need to make a living. And the trades are, in particular, they pay extremely well. Uh, there was an ad in the newspaper the other day that showed that working for the trades compared to what it cost for a particular person that went to a four-year college outweighed that. So, yes, I agree with you, but I will tell you this. We have those programs in place. Um, in fact, there's a program right now for welders that it used to be where you would pay to learn the trade of welding and then you would go become a welder. Right now, you can sign up, you can learn to be a welder, and they're going to pay you a minimum wage while you're training. And then you will actually be placed in a welding job through electric boat, through General Dynamics. So it's out there. The good trades are out too. there. And very good pay. You know, Mayor, if I had the chance to recreate my career, there's, I'm, I'm sort of serious about this. I think I would train to be a plumber rather than a talk show host because um, it's, um, it's not an easy job. But it pays well and... Uh, you know, as opposed to electrician, no heights and so forth. I mean, it's really not all that bad at all. No, there, right? There's a shortage. You, you can, even now, I, I just want to go back to one thing because we didn't say this earlier. The tree warden, it's mandated by the state to have a tree warden. And I think it's important to, to state that. And I, I, I just want to say something in conclusion. Thanks for having me on. Um, I love this country. And we should become energy independent again like we were. Okay. A great topic for another day because uh, because energy is a big deal, and um, I want to thank uh, thank you guys uh, for stopping by today. Um, but the reason I said, uh, Mayor, that that call was the perfect call, I mean, we are building here in Woonsocket um, a school for the trades. Um, I mean, not a, not you know some of them are computer trades, but they're the trades that we need people to get into now, and we're going to have it right here in Woonsocket. Right, so there's a variety of what they'll be tra tra uh, teaching, uh, but also we have other locations throughout the state where if they cannot learn what they're looking to learn at the higher ed center on Main Street, which is not open yet, it's under construction, uh, they can go to Westerly, they can learn in Westerly, be placed in jobs in electric boat. It's out there. Um, if you know of somebody who's looking to do this, please call me. I'll, I'll give you the information. Three months, six months uh, for a higher education to open. Uh, I would say in between. Okay. Thank you, Mayor, for being here. And uh, I think we accomplished a lot. And I especially now know what the tree warden does. Okay. Right? Everyone, them. make it a great day. Okay. Mayor Lisa Baldelli-Hunt joining us here on the Upfront Program. Our program brought to you by... Uh, Businesses like the Honey Shop here in Woonsocket and Wright's Dairy Farm and Bakery. will tell you more about them on tomorrow's program. Bye-bye. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI Woonsocket.